took an MC, a 3MC, and I rolled a 2. A Russian half squad, also broken, and they're inexperienced. Plus four DRMs onto their feet, a battle roll. Gold box cars, now a white flag's being thrown. It's 16, alright, okay, alright. That just seems a little weird. Surrender. Surrender, they throw in the towel today. Hey, 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 hey. It's Unlike the late war, allies versus the Japs and the Philippines. No fanatics, Gurkhas, commissars, or partisans. We'll surrender via the route phase method in 2021. Surrender at night in CC, that's right. It just seems a little weird Surrender, surrender You're disrupted anyway Hey, 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 hey Whatever happened to all my broken half-squads over there? I thought they rallied in the building, but they all disappeared. Oh yeah, that's right, they got captured cause they couldn't rout. Got surrounded, they all gave up, put that old white flag out. They were next to your KEUs It was just as I feared Surrendered, surrendered Because they couldn't rout away Hey, 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 everybody. Are we on the air? Looks why like we're on the air. Why am I so creepy lately? Pretty <laughs> creepy. You're very creepy. It's Dave. And Jeff. And Mike. And Mike. And Mike and brought his platoon with him. Yes. Yeah. 
we're hunkered down here outside Bastogne. <laughs> Haven't shaved since the 16th, so we're dug in. Really? That's oh yeah, six whole days. Yes. That's good for you. It's a good look. I think you should oh. stick with it. Okay. <laughs> and welcome to the greatest podcast on the earth dedicated to one of the pretty good games, otherwise known as Advanced Squad Leader. We are your hosts. We've been your hosts for 13 odd years, and every one of those years has been 13, or has been odd, <laughs> I should this say. Is, this is episode 311, an yeah. odd number. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Haven't seen you since lunch. Since lunch. lunch. Hmm, I wonder where we went for lunch. Yeah. There were only like the three five. of us, though. We lost two. Yeah, we lost two guys. For you audio, audio listeners, you can hear me slurping, but you can't see my Five Guys cup. So how was Five Guys, guys? Well, it was good. I, I, I wish we could have gotten into the Korean restaurant with uh, the Korean yes. fried chicken. We have this heard much about Korean fried chicken. I, was, I had my heart set on it, but that was, that was pretty funny. We walked in. The place was dark. Well, Somebody saw us come in. First... Mike and I were sitting there waiting for you to pull up and yeah. in our separate cars talking through the open windows. Always looks a little weird, I guess. Well, we were like doing the police guys sitting next to each other. On yeah, the that's right. And they weren't open yet. And then the, a whole group went in and they started to open it, the place. And then Jeff, you were there by then, right? Yeah. And then the next, another guy goes in by himself, right? And we tailed him in. Yeah. So he, he saw us come in, beat right yeah, behind he, him. Yeah, yeah. He held the door for me. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's not like he didn't know we yeah. were there. But the restaurant was completely dark. And we, we thought, oh, the, he'll go turn on the lights and we'll have chicken within minutes. Yeah. There'll be chicken yes. flying all over the place. At least 20 minutes, maybe. We, we waited there probably 10, 10 minutes. All the chairs were up. No one yeah. came out. Yeah. Lights were off. The lights were off. Yes. I called the restaurant to see, <laughs> you know, to just ask, hey, are you open? Because we're standing right here. Now, what did you say? On the, oh, they didn't pick up. They didn't, they didn't even pick, pick up. up. Yeah. Nor yeah. did we hear a phone ringing in the building, you know. No. I, yeah. yeah. I, did, I told Jeff, don't call. Then they'll get mad at us and like put stuff on our food. <laughs> I don't know why they would do that. Well, they do a lot of takeout, too. So you just. Yeah. Yeah. They would have picked up. It was lunchtime. <laughs> So, yeah, so it was like they opened at 11. It was like 11.15, I think, when we left. So maybe we have, maybe Americans have a different expectation. Well, maybe they were prepping for the blizzard of the century, right? Well, and that could be too. As we speak. Yeah. Which is why we're at home, which kind of shows maybe we're getting a little old. I feel bad actually not going out tonight. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) It's nasty out. The temperature drops. So we've, we've got... We've got something that predates the pandemic that keeps people inside here in Chicago, which is called winter. And uh, fortunately, we've got um, Zoom and stuff like that to, so we can keep doing the show because otherwise it's, a, it's not a fit night out for man nor beast. No. And at dinner in that big sunroom with all those tall windows around the room and the skylights, we're hearing the crack like... Yes. And Laura's like, is the squirrel trying to get in again? (laughs) No, we we took that squirrel away, but yeah, it was just the cold, right? Coming so fast. 
I hope yep. so. Dropping. I assume so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They didn't shatter. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys didn't come over because I would have had to shovel and I was not feeling like doing that. <laughs> yeah. When you texted that, it, I thought, okay, we'll just yes. zoom it then. It's not that I can't. It's just that I'm lazy. So, you know, <laughs> I had a busy day. I went to the doctor. He stuck his yes. finger where it shouldn't be. You know, all that stuff. In so, the electrical outlet? Yeah. yeah. With yes. the five guys. Then I had the EKG, you know, and the nurse comes in and it's, they, a lot of their stuff is very modern. Like the, 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 the thing they clip onto your finger to take your temperature and your um, pulse, right. it's wireless now. It's just oh. this little, it's like a little USB. Well, yep. it's, it's about the size of USB. Yep. So it's wireless. And then she takes my temperature that's wireless and all that stuff. And then she brings in the EKG machine. There's like 15 wires and they're all knotted up. And they don't try to unknot them. They still don't stick on my hairy chest. Oh, yeah, that I could see why that would be a problem. You should shave your chest before you go in. I can help they, you. She used that. to do it. She used to do uh, little spots. Yes. Really? But but now, actually, Jeff, the technology is so good. They do my EKG from home. I don't even have to go in now. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who puts the things on you? No, Laura? it's 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 electronic. It's through the air. It's. Well, how do they get, how do they stick the things I just, on you? I just have to sit in front of the computer and then they can read. Get out. That's a scam, Dave. You're staying, you're sitting in front of your computer with your shirt off. I'm probably, there's thousands of people watching you paying big money to see this man with his shirt off. Planet Money did a show on the price of sports tickets. And at the end, they bought scalp tickets out in front of the stadium, the Knicks stadium and yeah. they, they were fakes oh no <laughs> oh, oh man he said the guy was hesitant to talk but he did talk on the radio <laughs> yeah i got these tickets <laughs> well we'll give you this for them well they cost they're worth this and then yeah they walk in and the woman goes those are those are not real and then they realize even the date in the bottom corner is not even the correct date <laughs> oh geez and they bought them oh well so yes, for a second there, Jeff, I thought you were drinking a a bottle of egg yolks, like Rocky style. It yes, it's um, it looks like there's it, yes something disgusting floating in there, but it's uh, lemons. It's just lemons. I see that now. Yeah, this show is going to be the post Christmas show and the welcome to the new year, everyone. So if you have a ah, a, yes. a vessel available, it's let us somewhere. raise our glasses, everyone, there to ASL players everywhere. Yes. And to peace in the universe. And what else would you like to toast to, guys? Well, peace covers it. We could yep, use some peace. <laughs> Except when you're playing ASL, you can you can get a little angry. That's okay. If somebody will pick up the pieces. So let's then clink and clink drink. And drink. <laughs> Try it again. <laughs> Try again, Mike. You missed. Okay. I missed. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm having a little Irish cream. What is that? Irish cream. Oh. You know, it's like milk and, I don't know, whiskey or something. Or... You always have good stuff at your house. You know, I was there last night, and I, I wasn't going to mention this to you. <laughs> you were in my house last night? <laughs> uh, yesterday afternoon, because we were playing yes. Yes. Dungeons That's right. and Dragons. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I had a seven, I went over to your nice little refrigerator that is well stocked with beverages. And I got out a seven up zero. You did. did. And uh, which I don't, we don't usually keep pop in the house over here. So I had one of those and it it, it has aspartame in it. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. because the dreams I have at night are just incredible. Oh, crazy. Last night I had all these weird dreams. It always happens when I have aspartame. And in one dream, I can't remember what the dream was about, but I kicked my leg out, out of the side of the bed. I was kicking something in the dream and I kicked out and I, I hit the big knuckle on my toe on the, on the edge of the, of a dresser. And I almost broke my toe. I've been limping all day. No more aspartame then, or no more as- no, I, aspartame. I would do more aspartame actually if I had cool dreams. Yeah, you would <laughs> more. We, be- we believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, what is your background? May I ask for you? My background is a a print I have hanging in the vaunted game room. Uh, so I have made it my backdrop. Is it yeah, hurt- very nice? Yeah, hurt- where did it come from? Uh, years ago, I just bought the um, at a of all things yarn shop where my wife was at, like thirty some years ago. A yarn shop. A yarn shop, and oh. it had back when those yarn shops would carry mixed variety of other, you know, creative stuff like framing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, like, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the other thing they do? Scrapbooking, and for yeah. some reason they had a pile of these. You know, yeah, taxidermy usually. Uh, yeah, and the taxidermy, right? Taxidermy for beginners. Um, and uh, they just this was unframed and they just had a pile of these you know who knows how much it originally went for but it was like 10 bucks so and wow do you, do you have uh, uh is it the hertgen forest or no it's it's best own best own and best own. artist's it's, name um, the artist is there but i now i can't it escapes me okay i'd have to get up and look mine is well i have several things behind me i have the wonderful products here from bounding fire productions one of the makers of the finest advanced squad leader products you could ever have. If you want to have a good 2023, buy some Bounding Fire products. And you're going to need to do that. Corrigador. Yep. Operation Neptune. Into the rubble. Into the bubble. And then I have a painting here by Miles Bear, my college art professor. And I have the original from... What game, everybody? Um, I know it's Advanced Squad Leader. Let's see. Hedgerow Hell. That's the one. Uh, yes. Hedgerow and Hell. Hedgerow Hell. We... Yeah. I have James Dietz Hertgen Forest print here that I bought at Cantini. Like I spent like a lot, like back in the day, you know, oh, 70 yes. bucks for a print. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. I just have my usual stuff. So Jeff, are you going to do a, a room tour? Because I thought I could add mine on, but although mm-hmm. I bet we'll be a full show without it, but uh, your tour would just basically be your background, right? Do we talk yeah. about that at lunch? I can do a room yeah. tour. Can you see? Okay. Yeah. So you could turn that room into a good D and D room. Yeah. Look at that Somewhere. back wall people. Yeah. Now for you viewers at home, Jeff has a boulder wall. It's made of boulders. It was probably built by like frost giants. 
Yeah, so this is um, it has a hobbit shaped fireplace behind that chair. It is one of the great uh, features of the house is the is the fireplace in the basement, which we used to use as a fireplace for a little while. You can see it back there behind that chair. Yes. Um, but it's this huge and, and it's upstairs too. upstairs in the living room. It used to be a boulder wall, but it was too overwhelming for such a small living room. So we took out the boulders and put in bricks. Um, so and next to it is my Ikea shelf with all the squad leader and some World War II stuff. I hope I'm tilting this correctly. Yeah, it's okay. And then uh, room for plants and a little light. This this is my the only light in the basement that looks outside. <laughs> that window. That window. He's got one of those like windows you can't even crawl out of if there's a fire. Yeah. No, I need to go. I need stuff to like Winnie the Pooh. So then there's this uh, huge mirror. That just reflects light back into the room. And there's my favorite Middle Earth poster. And back on this side of the basement is a big screen TV and a, a couch. And that game table is being There's used. A game table right here, which I'm, I'm just, I'm using it right now to hold my guitar, obviously, my guitar case. But there's going to be some gaming going on there. I've just rearranged some stuff. And then uh, I don't have much room here, but there's over here is uh, my music area where I play guitars and stuff like that. And then there's my office. With four Let's computers. See. I'm going to swing this around this way. All right. Thank you, sir. Mine would be longer because I have so many miniatures I would try to show off. So You're going to show put... each one off. Every oh, single it would be one. tempting to do that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to avoid that. So it was, it, I just got to tell you, it was really funny when we had, we had a guy come take out all the boulders from the living room upstairs. He was about 73 years old. His name was Jack. And he, he came over, he was a little guy and he'd, he'd come over and he had this sledgehammer and he was all bent <laughs> over like this sledgehammer. And he was just, he just barely turning whack, just barely turning. Whack. And after about 20 minutes, a boulder would fall, <laughs> fall off the wall and he'd throw it out the window. It took him about, <laughs> it took him a good two days. We thought we were going to lose him several times with Jack. Are you sure you should be doing this? I mean, really, seriously. But, and then, so they're outside, those boulders are outside still then? Yeah. Uh, the boulders ended up in the garden. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. And Mike, we'll have to have Mike tour his room later also yes, on another show. But for now, then, I suppose. It's time for In the News. Thank you for joining us for In the News. This portion of In the News is brought to you by Founding Fire Productions. Maker of fine ASL products. Don't be square. Go to Bounding Fire. Tell them the two half squads sent you. And they will send you a kiss along with their great products. And it is great stuff. Yeah. In the news is a fact check from Popular Mechanics. Did a Ukrainian sniper just make the world's farthest kill? 
Although the shot was difficult, it was not impossible, and the claim may well be true. And here are the facts as we know them. Last week, the Ukrainian military claimed one of its snipers successfully engaged a target at 1.68 miles. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. The shot was uploaded to social media as an example of Ukrainian troops pushing Russian soldiers off their land. And though the shot was difficult, it is not impossible. So this is from the longest distance shot in history. And the rifle, well, if I can find a picture of it, you guys got to Google this thing. It's like super long, giant scope. It's almost a mile long. <laughs> yeah, you can't, it's hard to miss with, with this mile long rifle. You have to fire it twice. You fire it once and then a guy's got to run up about a mile and fire it again. This was on November 13th. And the video shows the snipers aiming rectical as it follows a Russian soldier. Yeah, the, the but, crosshairs. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this, uh, it's, it's called an allig a Snipex alligator rifle. Wow. It is having a maximum effective range of 6,000 feet. So the shot was outside the rifle's typical range, but a variety of factors can compensate for that, as all you military buffs know. Probably firing downhill with the wind at his back. I don't know. Yep. If I'm it's just... 1.68 miles, that's, I mean, uh, um, yeah, if it's 1.68 miles, that's almost 8,000 feet. Yeah, even, even if it's close to that. <laughs> it's crazy. That is crazy. What else is in the news, gentlemen? In the news. I've got a re I've got a report here. This is Jeffrey Cronkite. Researchers find the remains of five World War II era US bombers in the Adriatic Sea. The bombers were lost in missions against Nazi Germany more than 70 years ago. So this was a joint research team from the University of Delaware and the Pentagon who were, they were looking for these actually, because they knew some bombers had gone off in this, uh, had gone down in this particular area. Though it was a pretty large area. They, they scanned the ocean about 24 square miles. They got these uh, autonomous underwater uh, drones um, that just crawl around looking for stuff. Took them, uh, I think it took them a month or so to to scan the area. And they found five of these B-24 Liberator bombers. I'm not sure if they were, well, they just knew that some bombers went down in this area. So they found five. I don't know. It doesn't really say if all five went down kind of at the same time or if it was just a typical flight pattern. And so, and they knew they went down in this area. But um, part of the reason why they made such an effort on this was because there were a number of, uh, obviously a number of uh, servicemen aboard and who had never been accounted for after the war and families and um, the VA has been involved in trying to find out what's happened to them. And they have found the remains of a number of uh, victims of these planes. I think 20, 23 air crew were missing in action. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many they found. So this is a continuing uh, story to unfold and it's quite fascinating. Crazy, well, I love those things. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, just amazing. The remains of a U.S. soldier who died more than 80 years ago in a Japanese prisoner of war camp have been identified. 
Army PFC Arthur L. Pierce, who was 26 at the time, who survived the Bataan Death March only to perish in the prisoner of war camp. He was a member of the 803rd Engineer Battalion. And he, through DNA research, he has been identified and will eventually be laid to rest back in his hometown in Augusta, Maine. A um, hero, true hero. A hero. Yeah. They're doing really good work in trying to continue to find people and to identify them. It's and it, it, it really is amazing. It wasn't until I got into squad leader that and started reading, just following more uh, World War II stuff that I learned that this was still ongoing. And it, it's always amazed me that this is still ongoing. Yeah, the group tracked, there was a show on how they tracked uh, a plane that was shot down in Vietnam, all the way to interviewing local villagers who were like, yeah, my, my grandfather said he saw this trail of smoke one day and and then putting all that together to try and locate uh, people. Yeah, uh, I was able to, this uh, one success this year was that I did identify two family members who were Civil War soldiers based on DNA research. Oh, which wow. Is kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Do, 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 do. Uh, this just in, gentlemen, um, a podcast called One Year, covering 1942, the Black Japanese Axis from Slow Burn in your podcast feed. Uh, this is a podcast that I've been listening to that was covering each of like the years of the war. And you're thinking, I already know everything about, I don't, what can they teach me? They found stuff. So the, the one episode was on the guy that was um, the government guy. Oh shoot. He was trying something financial. How, how, how the whole, was he in charge of the, rationing or something but it was very fascinating and then this one i'll put the link into was about the african-american citizens in the united states and, and how their reactions to the war and there was a movement about um you know is japan that bad if they're offering equality you know and liberating asia from the oppression of the white, white people. So there was people in the black community at the time who were buying into some of that and, and wondering about those kinds of thoughts, which I never heard of ever. And there was, of course, groups too that spoke against going, don't fall for that stuff. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. America is certainly not e equality land here for us, but you know, that's propaganda. And yeah. so it was really fascinating. And the FBI was all into that, you know, and tra trying to track them down and figure out who's a traitor and all that kind of stuff. So there's new stuff for me in, in that podcast. They, when they look at the year, they're not picking stuff that we have all studied. Right. Any more news items? Uh, we've got one more, Dave. The Second World War ghost boat emerges in California Lake, puzzling officials. I would think it would scare everyone. It, they're puzzled, you know, and judging by what's been going on lately, it's not hard to puzzle officials. <laughs> they are easily puzzled. But one of the, um, so this happened in Lake Shasta and one of the byproducts of the droughts that are going on all around oh, the country yeah. are um, the exposure, the gradual exposure as the water recedes of all kinds of interesting things that are being uh, revealed. One of which is a Higgins boat that was found in Lake Shasta just recently. And uh, they're calling it the ghost boat. 
by official. Officials are calling it the ghost boat because they couldn't think of anything more creative than that. And uh, they, they actually don't know how it got there. They didn't name it Bodie McBoatface? No, <laughs> no, no, we're happy about that. Well, no, but the people named it Bodie McBoatface. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The circumstance of its sinking remains a mystery, U.S. Forest Service officials said. Um, they, had, they have photos of it, and you can find it perched atop a dried, cracked earth of the desiccated lake bed. Numbers painted along the boat's ramp show that it was once assigned to attract transport USS Monrovia, used as George Patton's headquarters in the Sicilian occupation in 1943. So... Somebody was, uh, I don't know, piloting this boat and they took a wrong turn? Or don't know. Was it, maybe they, it was being used as like those duck rides? Yeah, that in could Wisconsin be. Wisconsin or Boston? Or maybe it fell out of one of those B-24s. Yeah, yeah, it could have. <laughs> or it's where the Nazi gold was hidden. Was yeah, yes. Out, you know. I, was, I was just thinking about that Nazi gold story. Yes, that we talked about uh, probably six months ago, maybe longer than that. I'm sure they still haven't found anything other than longer and longer tunnels that lead nowhere. Well, that's it for the news. And Jeff, how do we end our news program? And that's the way it was. Thanks for listening. No. All right. Do, 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 so, do, close do. enough. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, how about some ASL? Yeah, how about it? ASL. Advanced Squad Leader. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents through shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules. Yeah, what are we talking about tonight, Dave? Battlefield integrity rules. What? I know. There's, there's no integrity when I play ASL. <laughs> Jeff, I know, on, I think on a past show, you even heard me. Um, Jeff's dog growl at me when I was trying to cheat when he went to the bathroom. That Remember Charlie would growl at me? Yeah, Charlie would growl at you. And I'd bark and Jeff would go, Dave, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I love, and I, I will say that these are my favorite rules <laughs> simply for the first yes. sentence in the rule section, which is section 16. Can I go ahead and read what it says? You may. This is right out of the rule book in recognition that even simple record keeping is offensive to many. <laughs> this rule is considered optional. Wow. Is that passive aggressive or is that just openly aggressive? <laughs> I, lo I love that. Even simple record keeping is offensive to many. That's true of many clients I know of too. And if you read a little, if you, if you go on, and I was on Game Squad yeah. uh, earlier today, just sort of browsing around for the, for the term battlefield integrity. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that have something to say about it. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, uh, ad infinitum. And then, Mike, you 
you had good explanations and thoughts about battlefield integrity. Well, we did back way back. John Harmeyer and I, as you know from last episode, in our earliest days of playing, we decided to go all out and play with optional rules and everything. And so our first, you know, who knows how many dozen games, 20 games, you know, we tried it. We played with it. Um, and it, I mean, it's not earth shattering. It, it's really just an adjunct to ELR rules, right? So it's as you take more losses, your units degrade a bit, so their ELR degrades across the board based on your percentage of losses. And is it worth it for the extra bookkeeping? Probably not, but but I like what it does in concept. Because now, you when, said, when, do you remember were these big scenarios that you were playing? Oh, I mean every you know, big and small. Yeah. Every scenario card comes with the CVP printed on the or not CVP, but the, the total value of your purchase points. Yeah. And then you from there you go. You take, you know, as you take losses, the value of each squad is deducted from the total. And then when you hit certain thresholds, right? It's been a while since I've looked at these rules. Then you check to see if your ELR degrades for your total force. So it's a set number and it's printed on the card by the army listing bpv was the is the acronym i was looking for bvp your build point value yeah. right right and so then you're tracking all your casualties so tracking the, all your casualties the concept is it's trying to capture a sense of in a real combat you wouldn't yes. want to waste points of people running across the street well, it, it it isn't necessarily just a way to force you to think about, uh, you know, preservation of force, but it's just even in normal play, as you take losses, as anybody takes losses through normal play, your, your units will degrade as the units around them start becoming casualties or routing. So, yeah, and, and the way they take that hit, so to speak, is... Uh... Is their morale changes? Is that right? Well, their morale doesn't change, but their ELR does. Oh, their ELR. Okay. Yeah. So if okay. you know if you've got an ELR of three and you've taken so many casualties, suddenly everybody's ELR is two. Okay. And then it affects the game. You know, I we didn't play it enough. I don't. I doubt anybody's played it enough to really know how much it affects the gameplay. Right? Do games finish faster mm -hmm. because of battlefield integrity? As you know, the winning side is going to really stick it to the losing side as their integrity fails and their ELRs all go down and then they start degrading more. Does it happen fast enough? I don't know. You yeah. Know, I'm sure somebody out there might have played with it more. I did see somebody who mentioned, uh, or his opinion was when you start to lose, this just helps you lose faster. Faster, right? That would be the, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, there's, like there's nothing you can do. So once it starts, it's right, an right. unstoppable force, yep. which, is, was, which is yeah. a legitimate concern right. and i i don't know if it, if that actually reflects uh you know a realistic depiction of what happens on a battlefield right but clearly they contemplated making it part of the game right thus the disclaimer right it, 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 at some point in the early testing you know they must have considered and it makes sense when you read it it fits organically into the rules so yeah uh, it makes sense they must have thought it 
added added a realistic element. And we had an interesting conversation also about the uh, IIFT chart. I thought at lunch today. Oh right, what, yeah. What was share it? some of that again. Yeah. Concept of I I I think Jeff mentioned the chart and then. I think I oh, said, right. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of not using my light machine gun. So I don't break it because it's not going to bump. Right. Up, yes. Right. Know? Yeah. And then. Yeah. We, yeah. Right. We Mike, were discussing you, the trade-off between adding in those extra points for you know bean counters who want to make sure they're getting the value of every factor, and the philosophical concept of the IFT, where those thresholds aren't necessarily reflecting like each individual bullet hitting a target, right? But more of a volume of firepower creating a psychological effect on the unit being shot at. So. You know, if you go from a theoretical eight firepower value to a nine, is you know, is that micro analyzing that shot makes sense to have a chart that reflects some sort of microscopic effect in terms of is it going to be a you know one MC of MC or a pin check as opposed to the difference between an eight and a twelve where you have a volume of fire that's affecting the psychological effect on the uh unit squads yeah yeah. Squads. <clears throat> yeah yeah i do remember early on in this game system being more like well everyone keeps coming back they keep breaking and coming <laughs> yeah. back that doesn't make sense to me <laughs> um and i what was my i wasn't doing war gaming then i don't think well maybe i was where you're tracking your losses of each figure on the board and, and skirmish games are one-on-one so when you hit the guy their systems are designed to say he's wounded a heavy wound a light wound you know easy eight yeah. system was that way um so yeah the concept of this squad breaking and then rallying and coming back and then breaking but right. yeah i think i got totally got what you were saying at lunch today thinking about yeah yeah 30 firepower you know six squads right. of riflemen <laughs> two machine yeah. guns firing at right. all at the same building what that would do to the building would could intimidate yeah. the pants out of you and get it's you even reflected in, you know as they describe the reasoning for americans high having lower morale when they're shot at but higher morale when they when they rally broken. yeah you know it's not that americans all broke at the first sign of you know in the sense of asl rules when they break and you lose control of them and they route using the rules of the game, but as the explanation is in the rule book itself, it reflects the American sort of, you know, how American troops responded in the field by getting shot at, taking cover, you know, and then sort of rallying in the ASL concept, but they weren't actually out of control. It was just sort of how American troops responded or were trained. And they would yeah. you know, take cover as quickly as possible and disperse. Yeah. And then continue yeah reorganize get yeah. some backup calling but that's out. you know it's the beauty of asl is that all of these nationality distinctions are handled by the simple mechanism of morale broken side morale firepower levels of the ift the japanese can do their thing americans can do their thing all without learning dozens of new rules you just simply yeah. adjust the way the numbers work yeah yeah and that's what makes it a playable game a playable beast yeah i would think that there's that that um you know it's a good idea to add more detail but at some point you get 
you get bogged down in so much detail. And there's a disconnect then between what you're trying to represent and the practicality of representing it. Yeah. There's still a lot of detail. Yeah. It's, oh, yes. Plenty. Plenty. I think it's, uh, you know, we, we haven't covered in the rules. We haven't gotten to the nationalities yet, but I think that should be its own segment with its own little theme song and stuff. Yeah. And then we should do a roundtable discussion on that. Yeah, I think yeah, great idea. Get rich in and everybody, or have people call into the show maybe again on that topic or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for now, then I suppose, are you both ready for a quiz show style rules? Yes. Segment? On battlefield integrity. Yep. Ooh. Rule sixteen point one. The integrity base is the number of MMC MMC points a side can lose. Is that what it's called? MMC multi-man counter? Yeah, I guess. Right. I guess so. They don't take off well. We'll get into it. <laughs> a side can lose before it must check for battlefield integrity. Integrity base for each side is 10%. Fractions rounded up of the number printed to the left of the turn box on that uh, turn record chart. So as play proceeds, each player, as Mike was explaining, keeps track of the running tally of the basic point value. Now, what was the basic point value again? Um, based, it's on the number of people on the counter, right? Three for a... It sounds... No, it's the number printed on the upper... Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you are correct. You can see I've never done this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm pulling memories from 30 years ago. Yeah, so. yeah of all the um, running casualty tally of those BPVs of each eliminated captured enemy unit. Question, does that include rejected prisoners that it's your fault that you rejected them? I'm not um, going to peek. Rejected prisoners? I'm going to say no. And Jeff, what do you think? Well, Mike ring in first. Uh, ding, ding. He's the winner. All right. I'm no. Well, then I'll say yes. No, no is correct. <laughs> Just to be contrary. Yes. Yeah. No is correct. Prisoners, when you, you have rejected prisoners, because it's your fault, you reject them. And it's pretty mean of you, too. I think mean, when people like ask if they can come to your party, and you reject them, those kind of things are very uncomfortable. And they, they make people feel sad. They scar for a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm still in therapy for those those kind of things. So I, I think, as Mike said, I don't know if it was at lunch or today, <laughs> yeah. you mark the integrity base on the chart. Uh, the, the, yes, it's tally. The parts of the whole informational whatever. Thing. Yep. There's a tally track, and yes. you move the counter down, and um, one box to the right. The previous integrity base lost track of the scenario aid card. The opposing player must immediately check battlefield integrity at some point. Our question, BPV losses due to deployment or unit substitution, are those counted? Hmm. Oh, we have to ring it. Oh, Jeff beat me. No. You don't have a bell, Mike, do you? No. No is I have to say no. No is correct. How about 
the rejection or massacre of prisoners, do those count? Mike, if you want me to ring in for you, just say ring and I'll okay, ring. Okay, ring it. <laughs> no. No is correct. So you can't massacre your prisoners to get those points. Okay. It is the BPV of eliminated captured multi-man counters only those recorded? I, my question sounds awkward. It is awkward. Is the basic point value of eliminated multi-man counters only those recorded? I don't know what I, I meant. I, re I refuse to answer on the grounds that it's awkward. <laughs> it's a. This question will be thrown out of the final test scores because right. I will admit it's poorly worded. <laughs> so that answer will be yes. Well, I'll ring it and say yes. Yeah, there we go. Answer it anyway. <laughs> and in parentheses, do not count inherent crews until they take counter form, by the way. Ah, yes. When a squad is reduced to a half squad is the difference in the point value of the squad and the half squad added to the casualty tally. Ding. Yes. You are correct. In the news. <laughs> a half squad counts. Our point values for prisoners doubled. No. Jeff, you are right. I would have said maybe yes, but it's no. No. As a matter of fact, nor are they counted again for elimination after already being counted once as prisoners. Right. Oh, that makes, so I, that makes sense. Okay. Yes. Okay. You count them once. <laughs> yeah. It's not like taxes where you get taxed twice on everything. Do you count them then if they escape and catch them again? Count them again? No, I would think no. 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 Now, the BPV of any MMC loss must be added to the casualty tally, even if those units were not present at the start of the scenario. That is true. Whenever you get your reinforcements, you add 10% of the points of all those new guys into the integrity base, and you have a new integrity base. Okay. Again, for a lot of you listeners, so you have no integrity base at all. <laughs> sorry very few of our listeners would have yes. most all of our listeners yes. are of high integrity, I would say high integrity. we proved today at lunch that we have very low integrity <laughs> yeah i think it's the hosts so whenever your tally is higher than your integrity base then you take this check die roll two dice if it's a box cars the current elr of all your forces are, as Mike mentioned, lessened by one until changed by another integrity check. There are die rolls modifiers. Okay. Should I just tell you them or guess? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could okay. guess any. No. Unless per, you, give us the first one, and then maybe we'll get a get a sense of where this is going. Per well, unfortunately, part of my chart is yes. cut off. Per integrity base loss for 10%. Right. The higher the, the more losses you take, the harder it is to make the roll. Oh. So for every 10%, basically. Oh. That is right. Oh, so it's, really? if it's 30%, it's plus three. Plus three. To oh, get to okay. that 12, because yeah. box cars is hard to get to, I guess. Yeah. Enemy unopposed um, armor or air support is a plus one. Plus two of 
both of those apply. Ooh. That was the bit about these rules that I liked, right? The whole, the what ASL misses, like if you're an infantry force opposed by this mixed force of armor and infantry coming at you, you know, you always read about the the morale effect, you know, which ASL typically doesn't have. And here's where that is represented. You know, if you are infantry facing off against this massive armored force, you degrade quicker, which is where I think this rule shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, you do get the leadership modifier of the best good order leader, and you get a neg one for the friendly unopposed armor and air support, and then a plus one if the side has no good order leader at all. ELR can continue to drop. This is rule 16.21 due to subsequent battlefield integrity checks to a minimum of zero. Any change in ELR takes effect immediately prior to the next morale check resolution. So I guess it can't go to negative ELR. Can you regain your ELR? Yes. Yes. A player may occasionally attempt to regain that one level at a time by making another integrity check final die roll less than or equal to two. May a player immediately attempt to regain ELR in this way, once per player turn as a result of receiving armor reinforcements during the player turn? Uh, um, you just got a bunch of tanks coming on. That would I would say yes. Yeah, yes. I, would, I would think so. Yes. And can, can she check again once per battle hardening of a friendly leader? If the leader goes up in value, do you, check, do you get to check again? Yeah, I would think so. Sounds good to me. Yes. And the arrival of a MMC reinforcements qualifies the receiving player for a neg one dial modifier for each 10%. So it's kind of like they're inverting a lot of the other modifiers, yeah, right? right? Yeah. May a side gain ELR that it has not lost. So, you know, if your ELR I mean, was three, better. I would say no. And no is correct. No. Nor Why? can you because you can't go beyond where you started. Why? If you got more tanks, suddenly more tanks. Yeah. And more infantry. I would think it would, but I don't know why. Well, ELR is more of a, a measure of training, right? So Oh well that's true. Yeah, not, that's true. You're suddenly not oh. better trained. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. So it'll add, yeah. Yeah, I guess it could go really high somehow if you rolled well. Yeah. Right. Uh, can you save your opportunities to regain ELR until later? No. No, this is correct. Now, if an ELR final integrity check is less than or equal to two, all present cumulative integrity based loss down modifiers are eliminated. And the corresponding markers return to the zero area on the tracking thing. Okay. And that covers ELR. Well, I, I think oh, we no. just convinced the entire ASL community to start using Battlefield. Oh, just, so. <laughs> I, I assumed you were going to say to never touch that <laughs> yeah, rule. Well, that already is happening, so. Well, it does sound kind of interesting now that I've really actually yes. read 
It does, yeah. It right. You can it explained a little bit, you know. It all depends on how offended you are at this moment. Yes, that's right. For all I, the bookkeeping that's required. And I think for a while, we played without ELR at all. I mean, you know, when you're just learning moving. Right. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, what, that little number? We have to track that during the game and watch for it on every rally check or morale check? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I have to try it. So, you know, it sounds very intriguing to me, and I've never played with Battlefield Integrity, but it makes me want to try it and, and see. And as a, as a more casual player, I might find more interest in it than, than a lot of the right. people that are very, very detailed. And, so. and then, Mike, you, yes. it, 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 it isn't that complicated of a rule. It's not that complicated, right? Yeah, it, it seems really like it's is bookkeeping. Every, you know, everybody, somebody gets eliminated. You've got to take track of it. Yeah. Which Timonen does a lot anyway. Oh, there you go. He Dave does in Canada. And, and what they, yeah, and what Dave likes doing is, um, he lo he loves to check the squads left at the end of the game. Mm. You know, especially these Korean scenarios we've been playing. Yeah. That are a lot of squads. So he's he's like, we just we got to add them up. I just got to see, you know, that yeah, I still have thirty six squads left out of forty six coming up oh, the hill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, well shall we do self rally sure all right then rule 18.1 leader creation during play gentlemen can happen two ways would either of you like to guess at the, what those are should be pretty easy leader creation during play one would be during a close combat yes and that's the one i don't think i ever remember to look for the other so, would be in a heat of battle role. Um, no. No, no. Scratch that. <laughs> you mean a self rally role? That's yes. That's what I was getting at. Yes. So the first multi-man counter rally attempt of your own player turn rally phase. So you get to then on that attempt, right? On the self rally attempt to rally a multi-man counter without a leader, right? So can you self-rally if there is a good order leader in that location? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't no, think so. No is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have yeah. to be by yourself. What are you doing over there? I'm self-rallying. You can't. <laughs> I'm here. And okay. stop that. It's inappropriate. Yeah, stop that self-rallying over there. <laughs> can you self-rally if the broken unit is disrupted? No. Oh. Too far gone. Now, what happens if the self-rally attempt results in an original two die roll? I know it's not a yes or no question. Well, then you can roll again for leader creation. That's right. If yes. it's it, the unit is rallied, of course, and the attacker yes. can roll on that table with a plus one for having been broken prior to the self-rally die roll. Any original two die, oh, die roll other than a two during the self rally is like normal. And then in the close combat phase, so I didn't break this down into questions, but let's explain it. How, what happens in that? You're attacking in close combat. What do you have to roll to, to get a leader creation? 
Snake Eyes? Correct. It's yes. that same two. Right. I think usually we, I'm so happy just to get a, yes. <laughs> a kill in a close <laughs> combat. And I don't even think about this at all. But you may make an immediate then roll on the table Jeff referenced earlier. So if this results in the creation of the leader, um, then you add your leadership to the original two close combat die roll that created him, even if the modifier is a plus one. And then could that change the odds due to the one inherent firepower? Yes or no? Yes. 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 What is this saying? So you you roll the two, the leader's you added. Two. You're and the, yep. Say you're at one to it, two odds. Yeah. And you create a leader from your success, you get to recalculate the existence of that leader into the odds. Into, you know, so one to two, so, I'm a one to one or something. Just oh, okay. So, in a rare chance that it wouldn't kill someone, or, or, or you would tie and then it would turn it into a kill. Yeah. The yeah. tie would just half squat it. And then or the leader could modify the role as well, too. Yeah, even if it's a plus one, yeah, which would be right. worse for you. Yeah. So, and then the quality of the leader created is based on the die roll that Jeff referenced on the table. So there are die roll modifiers that are cumulative on that table. If more than one type of multi-man counter made the attack, which created the leader, the one with the highest BPV involved is used to determine the leader creation die roll modifier if necessary. There, another use for BPV. Hmm. Look at that. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. So when you roll on that table, like which nationalities maybe would create leaders better than others? The British would create a better. Yeah, I would that is, that's a neg one for British. The Russians, not so much. No, they're not on there. Nope. Okay, well, okay. They're not yep. there. So that, that's correct, not, not so much. In fact, they're a plus. Well, they are there as a plus one. Yes. Okay. So they're the worst ones. Yep. Yes. Uh, what country do you live in? The U.S. of A. Would that be a negative or we make plus leaders? One? We're all yes. about leadership. And if we're not, we're still. It's not. We we made the game. We'll give ourselves a neg one on the chart. There you go. <laughs> uh, how about the Italians? Would that be a plus one or neg one? Neg. Uh, that would be a. Plus one. Yes, you are correct. What about the Guomingdong? Guomingdong troops. The Guomingdong. The Guomingdong. Uh, plus one or neg one? That would be plus. That is a plus one. They just didn't care about leaders much. Huh? How about the Germans? Would they get a neg one? No. I don't think they have any mods or do that. Yeah, yes. they do. They have a neg yes. one. Do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of surprised. And then a cool modifier is if it was a close combat versus an armor fighting vehicle or per odds column less than one to one. So if you are engaging against twice as many enemy or three times as many enemy, you get the neg one. I like that. Yes. Okay. Or if you I mean, bought a tank, you know. That's... Typically, these nationality distinctions are based on the training of the NCOs to take over for the loss of the leader, right? So if the squads have more leadership training within the unit organization, then they're going to step up. Okay, excellent. 
where do you think the morale cutoff is to get the neg one? Six, seven, or eight? Neg uh, eight. One. Eight. eight is correct. One? Yeah, eight. Greater than or equal to eight base morale. And then, of course, what's the number to get the neg one? I'm sorry, reverse it. The, the neg one is good for the eight morale. And which one is the bad one? Yeah, one six. Right. Six, six or less, you got the plus one. And that covers the whole segment. Wow. Yeah. All right. My goal will be to remember leader creation in close combat. Yes. How? I, I just don't know. <laughs> Do you think, what if I actually just wrote a big sign and put it right here by where Dave, Tim, and I sit and play every week almost now? Yes. That's why I don't have time for you guys anymore in my life. A big sign right there saying right I, in front of the model kids. I would get a big screen TV and just have it scrolling with some of these things you need to be keeping in mind. That's what I should do. You could just have so anyway. come over when you play, and I'll be your personal Yano, <laughs> right? And I'll just be like whispering in your ear. Yeah. Creation on close. I'll never play again, but I'll. You'll just consult. Well, I'll be yeah. Dave's personal. Yeah. That, I'll pay you to do that. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, then, shall we say goodbye, folks? I guess I guess goodbye, we should, folks. First I gotta episode. get back in my. Uh, trench here yeah okay there we go stay warm mike yes i guess that wraps it up for this uh first episode of the year 2023 we've got an exciting year coming up so excellent stay tuned we everybody journal tuned. 14 is coming out quick is it 13 or 14 13 13 13 the one that's just been released today yeah so yeah good to see you guys good yes, to see you Jim. thanks for having me back Always a pleasure. And uh, remember, everybody, when you're playing ASL, remember to roll low. Roll low. And rally well. Rally yes. but, but not, not when, when you're playing, playing us. us. That's Bye right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Woo! Woo! Happy New Year.